Good morning, everyone. This is Jeff with the CyberPro Podcast, back with another episode today. Today, we're going to talk about something super interesting. And I have to say that my, my pre-calls usually last two to three minutes. I actually spent over 15 minutes with Christy just talking about the topic today because it's very interesting. And it's about product cybersecurity, specifically in the automotive world. So let's jump in. Good morning, Christy. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Hi, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. My name is Christy Fozzi. I'm CEO of Edge Technology Consulting. It's an automotive cybersecurity consulting firm. I specialize in product cybersecurity, so on-vehicle security, making sure that your vehicle can't get hacked into. You know, a lot of people don't really consider that aspect of their vehicle. The, the modern vehicles equipped with cellular, Wi-Fi hotspots, Bluetooth, RF from your key fob, your tire pressure monitors. There's, there's lots of external access points coming into your vehicle today. And uh, I'm also director of cybersecurity at an automotive tier one supplier that makes automotive infotainment systems and autonomous drive systems. Yeah, tier one. Uh, that's that's very interesting because now all of a sudden we're talking about a lot of the legacy car builders who have been around for a long time and this shift to autonomy for all the flavors that that uh, refers to is something that I think is coming a lot quicker than anybody expected due to a couple companies who have come about in the past decade or so. Um, but maybe we'll save that for a little bit later. Let's talk a little bit about security in general. Uh, can you tell us, you know, what is the most interesting or fascinating aspect about somebody who focuses their life and their passion around securing things? Uh, so I've been in the auto industry for a couple decades now, and uh, I, had, I didn't always start in cybersecurity. My formal education is actually mechanical and electrical engineering, um, in which, you know, there's continuous innovation but it's based on the foundational laws of physics, which never change. Uh, and, and cybersecurity isn't like that. And so, you know, it's dynamic, it's ever-changing. You're, you know, fighting against an adversary that you don't necessarily see. And so trying to um, shift the way that we, that we think about the vehicle has been an interesting cultural change that the auto industry has had to undergo, right? We're used to developing a product, putting it on a shelf, you know, the laws of physics hasn't changed. So the safety, you know, crashes and stuff that we've already passed, that that's good. We don't have to touch that again. It's not going to change. Well, cybersecurity is not like that. You know, you can do all the cybersecurity testing and penetration testing on your device and your vehicle today, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be secure tomorrow. And so how do you shift from the, like, we designed it once, we put it on a shelf, we move on to the next one, to we designed it, but now we have to continue to support it for that, that life cycle. And the automotive life cycle is is very long, <laughs> you know. It's not uh, a, a consumable device, really. <laughs> Rob, we talked about that in the pre-call, right? We talked about uh, enterprise versus product cybersecurity, and more specifically about the automotive space because of that long life cycle, right? It's not an iPhone that's going to be around for three years. It's not, you know, a laptop that's going to be around for four years. This is something that's going to be on the road for potentially twenty plus years. So. You know, how does that work? Let's talk about the product cybersecurity around automotive space. Yeah, you're really trying to, you know, predict where the technology space is going to be in the next 20 to 30 years and design a product that is really, 
you know, cyber robust in today's world and has a lot of built-in product, you know, protections from, you know, the outside in, right? That you've built in security by design, that you've really thought about all these different ways that an adversary could potentially gain malicious command and control of your vehicle is really, you know, the crown jewels that we're really trying to protect. And just trying to make that, you know, the barrier to entry there just as difficult as possible um, in any way that we can. So we just try to throw everything at it so that, you know, maybe they, if they get through one area that they just continuously hit wall after wall after wall and like, you know, it's not really worth it for them to continue to, you know, try to gain access to this vehicle. And so we really just try to think, how do we make this as difficult as possible? You know, if you were an adversary and you're trying to gain access to this, what's the motivation behind that? What are you really trying to accomplish? And how do we just make it as, you know, brutally annoying as we can? <laughs> brutally annoying. That brings up another kind of tangential question. We covered this a little bit earlier, where on the one side of the house, you guys are working diligently to secure vehicles in ways that weren't originally designed in the vehicle when it was created, right? You're, you're putting something into the car today because the consumer wants it, but yet the car was never designed to handle this piece of technology, if you will. So now all of a sudden, you have potentially created a side door where an adversary can get in. Let's talk about that for a second and how you can protect against that. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the average development time for a vehicle is around three to five years from concept to production. And then that vehicle is generally in production for about the next five years and you drive it for the next two some decades. So, you know, if the car you're driving today is, let's say, four years old, you have a 2018, that's pretty reasonable here in 2022. You know, the vehicle was could have been designed 10 years before that. You know, 14 years ago, that put us in 2008. What was happening in technology in 2008? You know, first generation iPhone came out in 2007. So the idea of driving around, you know, a first or second generation iPhone on the road, the technology that went into it, the capabilities that it had, you know, was kind of like, well, <laughs> so uh, while the, you know, the fundamental mechanics of the vehicle is, is robust, right? It's been around for 100 plus years. So it's really just the connected aspect that we're concerned about. The connected vehicle really didn't launch until sometime after the iPhone, right? We had the first cybersecurity hack was done by two security researchers in 2015 um, that really kind of opened the door for introducing the concept of product cybersecurity into the auto industry. Before that, we didn't really think about it too much because the vehicle was never connected before then. But there was a lot of vehicles made before then that have zero cybersecurity considerations because they were never designed to be connected, but you can still make them connected today, right? With like a progressive snapshot dongle brings in cellular connectivity directly to the vehicle network. You know, you look at other brought in devices over USB, your cellular, you know, phone into your car. That's a pretty reasonable expectation that people are going to do today. So how do you, how do you go back and, and make that secure and make that possible to do and to do securely and safely. And um, trying to get access to those vehicles and reach out to those consumers and make sure that they're you know, aware or that they can you know, install aftermarket devices or they can do this through their dealership. You know, it's, it's a pretty big outreach program and really just kind of raising awareness that like, you know, hey, if your car, if your car doesn't have built-in connectivity, 
maybe bringing a new connectivity isn't the greatest idea. Yeah. Yeah. You, you saw me smile there because, you know, that's a whole other beast for a conversation for another day. Giving <laughs> people to patch anything. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, for those... Which has such a negative, you know, reputation, right? It's yeah. not like, you know, yeah. taking a patch on your own personal computer or your, your phone or whatever your personal devices is one thing. But to have to physically drive someplace that has a pretty poor reputation for serviceability and timeliness and all that is uh, is a whole other beast in itself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those of our viewers who want to learn a little bit more about you, Christy, what you do, your expertise, your experience, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? LinkedIn is the best way to find me, for sure. Awesome. Absolutely. And on that, we're going to wrap this up with something fun. Let's talk about something positive for a second. Uh, we like to ask experienced folks like yourself who've been around, seen so much change, you know, kind of where it all got started. And one way that we like to do that is to talk about your favorite piece of retro technology that still makes you smile. Tell us about yours. Well, it's not technology, but I would always choose my... Lisa Frank Trapper Keeper. But if I can't choose that, then I'd have to say VHS tapes. So be kind, rewind. <laughs> We're laughing because we get it. <laughs> and on that, we wanted to say thank you so much for your time today. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the, the Cyber Pro Podcast posts about two or three episodes every week on interesting and fascinating topics with interesting and fascinating people. Christy, thank you and be well. Thank you. Thank you so much. You made it to the end. Thanks for watching the Cyber Pro podcast today. You can find more content here and here and there.